get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Brandon Kylie and Tanner Hendrickson. I'm Alex Ferrario as we're back on BK and Ferrario here on your home for the Blues 101 ESPN. As the Blues head into the offseason, they had their media availability on Saturday. Doug Armstrong, Craig Berube, and many of the players spoke with the media. And now joining us on our 101 ESPN hotline, it's a pleasure to welcome in the president of hockey operations for St. Louis. He is Doug Armstrong. Doug, how are you today, sir? I'm very good. How are you? Doing fantastic. I'm a little disappointed we didn't get to talk to you on Thursday, as you said in the press conference. It would have been uh, much juicier than what it is now that you're able to uh, think about it a little longer. Yeah, well, anytime you anytime you end a season the way we did, uh, it's very disappointing. And probably having a a couple of uh, days to reflect it. Uh, it was a it was a better time to talk uh, publicly. Understandably so. So, Doug, if we could jump right in, the one comment that that I took away from your press conference on Saturday was you talking about the disconnect between you and your roster, and you said it's the first time you felt this disconnected from your players. And you've been around the National Hockey League a very long time, from your time with the Dallas Stars, and of course since you've been with the St. Louis Blues. What about this season made you feel so disconnected? Yeah, I, I think I, it probably grew a little bit bigger life than I intended to, that comment. I, I guess what I was trying to say, at 58 uh, years old, there's there's that next generation of, of players that are coming in. And I've been always been able to, when I started, I was in my, my mid-20s and then was was sort of current with what the, the thought process was. And then, you know, when players were coming into the league, I was dealing with my children that were going at that as at that same age, so I could sort of reflect on what they were dealing with and take it back to what guys are dealing with at the at the office and in our industry. You know, the only the only people that get older are the, are the coaches and the managers. The players stay the same age; <laughs> they just recycle through. And what I was trying to say is that there's a there's a generation of people coming in now that I don't have a lot of familiarity with on what they're dealing with. And I just think it's my responsibility to, to try and learn a little bit more on how we can support those guys. Uh, and this was just like the, quite honestly, since the pandemic, a lot of things have changed on how we, how we travel, how we uh, communicate. We, we spent two years uh, of traveling where uh, you have to go get your, your meal and then go to your room and eat it. You weren't allowed to have any social interaction with the players everyone was wearing masks it was just a different time i'm not saying hockey was any different than society but there was a disconnect i think for everybody in society and then i came out of this and then i had lost a generational you know connection with my kids at that age group so it's more i just need to to, to maybe dig in and read a little bit and try and find out uh, maybe from some college teams on when they're recruiting, what's important to them and how do they connect with the kids that are recruiting? Because ultimately we're doing the same thing, not that much as recruiting is drafting, but they're still the same age and probably dealing with the same uh, issues. Is that the state of the NHL now, though, Doug? Because you mentioned in your press conference the Boston Bruins and how, you know, they, they always have that mindset that practice is, is not punishment. It's more work towards the ultimate goal. But is that the NHL that trends to a younger group of players now that you've got to find a way and other teams have to find a way to get those players to buy into putting the focus on the other side of the game? I think I think that is, you know, they're... they're 
their social rewards come from from offensive instincts. Uh, as I said, you can you can have one good play in a night and, and get millions of clicks on it, and uh, and that's a good thing. I think that sells our game. Uh, but I look at Boston. If you go look at their roster, they're a very mature team. They they're led by mature players uh, like we were in '19. That that probably aren't they don't deal with some of the issues as younger teams do. And uh, I just want to make sure that that we can have a balance of uh, veteran players and younger players. Uh, and I can and I can find a way to connect with both. But yeah, I think there's a there's a generational change. I think with uh, again showing my age with like a, you know TikTok and and all, all these Instagram and all these things that that are very important to a to an age group that are, are have zero relevance in my life. But because they're not relevant in my life, doesn't mean they're not relative to the people I, I work with. Doug Armstrong is our guest here on 101 ESPN. He's the Blues president of Hockey Operations. Uh, Army, any time that we talked about the Blues this year, it felt like it all came back to Kairou and Thomas. And a lot of that stemmed from the contract extensions, of course, uh, for both of them over the offseason that they both deserved. They earned. When you think about this next era of Blues hockey that you all are trying to usher in, is it fair to say that it will be defined by the steps that those two players in particular are able to take in their games? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I think that they have to be big parts of it. But if you look back at, at the success we've had, uh, it's never been based off of one or two people. Uh, you know, I look back at, at the decade of uh, 2010 to, to the end of, if you take out this year, uh, we had, I think, the best success rate in almost every category in the Western Conference. And we'll probably have not one player go to the Hall of Fame uh, from that era. So we've always been been the sum of all the parts and I think that Thomas and Kyrie have to be very good players for us but I've talked to uh, I've talked to some people like like a year from now when Snogarud and, and Dean and Bolduke come into the league uh, as, and we need them to come in as players they have the same trajectory or drafted in the same area as Thomas and Kyrie so they need to support those guys uh, they're going to be big parts of it but I, I think it would be uh disingenuous to to the other 21 guys in their 23-man roster to say that if these two guys don't do it, we, we can't have success. Doug, you, you mentioned, too, on Saturday about, you know, players like Pavel Buchnevich, where maybe you lose a little on the offensive side to gain more on the defensive side, and you comped it to, like, a Patrice Bergeron. Is that a conversation that might need to take place with the entire roster over the offseason of, look, as much as we are an offensive identity – individual players might have to take a step back on the offensive side to focus more on the defensive side. Yeah. A, I think we got to get our roster set first. Uh, but, but those are, those are individual meetings that, that uh, Craig has. And, you know, I, ha- I always want to be causing the fact, you know, the players play coaches, coach and managers manage. And I think that's more of a, that's more of something that Craig has to install in players more than I do. That's my, that's my belief and my concept, but Craig has to deliver that and then he has to hold them accountable to that. And I know he will. Uh, but uh, I, I think that we, we've, we've talked enough now where everyone knows where the management's head is at. Uh, Craig and I are going to continue when we fill out his staff to make sure we're all on the same page, but there has to be a balance of, of, you know, giving to the greater good. And uh, I think, I think the guys can accept that if, if, Giving to the greater good, and there, there's good things happen. It's easier to do than surrendering points and playing on bad teams. Then you can you can see an avenue in your own mind to be selfish. And if we have a good team, I think the players are much more apt to to give more to be part of something bigger than themselves.
Army, when I think about the last really 15 years of Blues hockey, I, I think two words that have kind of been synonymous with the Blues is culture and leadership. And I feel like we talked about those two things so much this year, whether it was you guys talking about it after that losing streak early on this year or as we've continued to go along this season. When you think about culture and leadership, especially when there was the losing going on, is that something that in your mind is more dictated by winning? Like when you win, there feels like there's a better culture around or is there is there something you can do to implement a better culture starting in training camp and uh, moving into the regular season? How do you do that as a as a president of hockey operation? And then it trickles down, of course, into the team. Well, I sort of view those as non-negotiable standards that, that you have. And uh, that's almost opposite what you said. I, I think any culture is good as long when you're winning, like because you're winning. So you, you can, you can believe you have a good culture because the results are there, uh, you can also have a good culture when things aren't going well and get you out of bad times quicker. And I think there's a transition. And as much as I wish every year was a Rembrandt and every year was 115 points and every year our leaders were the greatest leaders and every year our goaltender was, you know, there, there, there's 32 teams and, 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 there's a winner and a loser every night. And what you, what you don't want to do is, is have your identity wrapped up just in your wins and losses. You want your identity wrapped up in how you play the game and how you, how you treat the game and how you treat things inside the locker room. And that's what I was, one of the points that I think I, I, I attempted to make on Saturday was that we might be in the same spot a year from now of not making the playoffs. And I could view it as, you know what, we made great strides in certain cultural areas. Uh, right now, I don't. I don't think we made. I, th- I thought we had a decrease in cultural cultural areas that 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 the players talked about, the coaches talked about. So I'm not the only one that felt like that. And I think those are things that we can change. And I, I think the culture, if you if you can build it, uh, and you have a bad year and you have a good culture, you're going to get back to having a good year quicker. How do you evaluate leadership, Army? I, I'm trying to think of the best way to to ask this, but when when you think about the guys that you guys had in that locker room, I mean, you, you had so much of it over the years. And whether it's due to injury, trade, uh, age, there's a million different reasons why some guys have moved on. But how do you evaluate leadership inside of a team? Uh, it, it, I, I don't think that there's a – you can come into your office and and, and hit a checkbox that you saw it today. I, I just think it, it's more organic. It's more natural. Is It's – how do you carry yourself around the team? How do you, like, I, I you know, we, we have certain, like, like when a player gets called up, uh, do, do you let them stay at the hotel or do you invite them over to your house for dinner? Do you, when a player gets called up, do you make sure that you take them for lunch on the road or do you let them, like, like do you bring them into your team? And that's just one example of cultural things uh, that, that we've had here in the past that we'll continue to strive to make sure that we have. And I, I think, Again, I go I go back to making sure I understand uh, what what makes people tick right now, and then I also think that we can we can change their maybe the way they see things, like uh, you know, understanding that you know when you got called up for the first time, did did someone take you for a coffee? Did someone sit with you in the meal room a little extra longer, or did they did you just have to sit by yourself and then go back to your hotel room? And I know the answer to that was guys took time to make sure that guys felt comfortable. And those are cultural things and those are leadership things that that can be learned, that can be that, that we can 
we can help uh, feed. And I think one of the things that you want to do as, as, as part of a management staff, whether it's at uh, IBM or at a, at a hockey rink, is you want to, you, you can change, you can change and, and help leadership grow. Uh, you can't just uh, plant it and then, and then not water it, not nurture it, and they'd be surprised it dies. So there's things that, that, that we have to do as management to give these guys the best opportunity to have that, that, that success. And is it, reading books is it audio books that help them is it uh is it seminars or, or what what can we do to to um uh, give them the opportunity to see things that, that they might not naturally see it's a quick follow-up with that doug is that something you view that a, a team can change with personnel or is it more so it just needs to change with the players that are in that locker room well i i think what it is it, it's a it's an organizational thing players are going to come and go it's what do, what do they what do they leave behind when they leave and what are they walking into when they get here and that's that's the thing that stand the test of time uh, and so what we want to build is something that that as i said even if you have a bad year you can have a good culture i mean you can have a your culture doesn't change because somebody uh, breaks their foot on a slap shot you know <laughs> and, and, and your and your team loses seven in a row you know what I mean? Or like that, that doesn't change your culture. So I, I think the culture is more of something that, that overrides when Doug Armstrong is here and when Doug Armstrong is gone or the next manager, or it's something that's just sort of ingrained and, and not knowing a lot about baseball. Uh, I, I, the Cardinals have a culture and fans can get mad at the wins and the losses, but it, from the outside looking in, it looks like they have a culture that that's sustainable year in year out, and I think we do too. And and we just have to continue to to nurture and foster that. A couple more questions for President of Hockey Operations for the St. Louis Blues, Doug Armstrong, who's very gracious with his time today on BK and Ferrario with us. Doug, I know the personnel moves that started this off season was letting go of Mike Van Ryn and Craig McTavish. Was there a thought process between you and Craig Berube of not bringing them back? And and is there a type of personality that you're looking for to replace them this season? Uh, well, Craig and I are going to do, uh, uh, we're going to have some, I'm heading over to Europe tomorrow for 13 days for the U18, which is uh, scouting this year's draftable players. Uh, I think also giving Craig a little bit of time to to remove himself from the, the day-to-day, uh, reflect for a couple of weeks, and we can come back in and, and find out what, what, you know, so when you when you have a pitcher, and, and Craig is a center of the pitcher, we want we want to I want to fill in the rest of that uh, the rest of that puzzle with with pieces that fit. So what what are Craig's strengths? What are Craig's weaknesses? What what can we bring in to to accent uh, the strengths and and fill in some of the weakness areas? And the reality is we all have strengths and weaknesses. So this isn't just one coach, but uh, a good a good organization has the depth and the ability to to look in the mirror and know areas they need to improve and know areas where you can bring people in that can fill out uh, fill out that picture so that's going to be our first step in 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 finding out a what we need uh on the ice as far as tactically and then what type of personality do we need that can uh, fill in whatever voids that are there Another follow-up that I wanted to ask on something that you said on Saturday, Doug, is is about the captaincy in today's NHL. You talked about how you're not really sure exactly whether or not you're going to have one going into this offseason. And you said, we're not planning on naming anybody in the next few months at a minimum. When you think about the role of a captain in today's NHL, what do you think that role is? 
Well, I think it's defined by by your team, and 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 I, I again I go back to reading books on 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 leadership by committee now, and I, I think most sports are leadership by committee. I, I think when you probably in, in every in every business, not just they they talk about our team, our team, 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 and you you want to have alpha males on that team, but it doesn't have to be one. Uh, and if you if you have a dominant personality that that you know is that guy then then it's easier when you have a bunch of of really good people uh you don't have you don't have to separate one from from the rest uh, and and that's something that that we struggle with all the time i i work with people that, that think i'm absolutely crazy you have to have a captain you have to have one guy and i work with other guys that uh i, I see where you're coming from and i've seen multiple teams go without a captain for a couple of years to, to see how things settle out. So I'm not against having a single captain. I just want to make sure that we're doing it for the right reason and not just because it's been the norm and for the St. Louis Blues for 50-some-odd years to have a captain. So why don't we have one this year? Final question that I've got for you, Doug, and thank you so much for being so generous with your time today. Uh, we appreciate it as always. Uh, it was just announced a little bit ago that the Calgary Flames are, are going to be making a move at their general manager position and I wanted to ask you about the NHL in general with the transition that seems to be taking place right now. It's the first time that we've seen a postseason that did not include the Penguins or the Capitals in more than 15 years. Of course, the Blues are going through this transition period that we just watched this year as well. Uh, from your perspective, Doug, when you look around the NHL, is this as much of a transition as you've seen in, in quite some time with the things that are taking place right now in the league? Well, I think it is, and I, I think it's natural. Uh, you probably saw it in football with the Patriots. Like uh, again, I'm not making these things up. Like look at St. Louis, look at Pittsburgh, look at Washington since 2010 to now. Consistently in the top ten in the league, usually in the top five in the league in points. And uh, at some point, that that ends. At some point, teams that that pick in the top five or six for five or six years get good. <laughs> and, and we, and we saw that last year with Colorado and, and I'm happy for Colorado, but the reality is, is they had five or six players drafted in the first, certainly in the first 10. I think they had four in the first five, like at some point you're going to get good unless you're totally incompetent. <laughs> and I don't, I, I don't think they are totally incompetent. So there, there, there is a change in the guard, but, but also look to how Pittsburgh and Washington got there. They took Malkin at two, Crosby at one, Flurry at one, uh, Whitney at four. Uh, Washington took Ovechkin and, and Backstrom, and I mean, there, there's pain to get those players. And if you get the right players through the right pain, you can go on on a run. And sometimes that run ends, and you want to start it again. So there is a transition. I would say when I look at the NHL now, I really don't see New Jersey leaving again for a while. I, I, I'll be I'll be more surprised than ever if Buffalo is not a playoff team next year and stays there for a while. Uh, and quite honestly, they should be. I mean, because of of how the pain they went through to get here. So there is a transition. I think Washington, St. Louis, Pittsburgh are going through that transition. People thought Boston was quite honestly going to go through that transition this year. Now they didn't. Now will they? Where will they be next year if if you know, whatever happens with their group, I don't want to get the cart in front of the horse. But you know, there, there's always there's always a changing of the guards, and uh, our job is to to 
adapt to that as quick as possible so we can get back again starting another run for hopefully you know six to six to ten years of, of really good hockey well the good news doug is i've already come up with a conspiracy theory of how you guys are going to win the draft on may 8th i'm putting it out into the universe so it'll start that trend right away appreciate you uh you joining us doug uh, and taking the time out not just today but all season long enjoy europe enjoy the off season and uh, we look forward to talking with you again soon well, just let, before you go, if you have something that's magical, don't share it with anybody. We want to win that lottery. Oh, yeah. Don't, Doug, I promise you, I'm going to keep this hocus-pocus work at my house in the basement, and you'll just know when you win the draft that I have that magic working. As soon as we do, within half an hour, you and I are doing an interview. Oh, please. Oh, please. please. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't happens. care what time it is, Doug. <laughs> Thank you so much, Doug. Right. Enjoy the off season. Awesome, guys. Thank you very much. Thanks for all your support all year long, too.